Friends, when's the best time to plant a tree? Well, 20 years ago, right? The next best time to plant a tree is today. You're listening to Halfway There, episode number 287, Alec Casson and Planting Your Purpose. Are you ready to sow some seeds? friends welcome back to halfway there this is the show where we have honest conversations with ordinary christians about today's christian experience as always i'm your host eric nevins thank you so much for being here i am excited that uh you are this is going to be a great conversation i know we are going to have a a good time today and you'll be encouraged by the way when that's true when a little later on when you're you're listening and you go this is really good eric told me it would be good do me a favor. You're in the podcast app already. Grab the link. If you're in the Overcast app, by the way, you can grab a certain section that you like. You can share it on social. You can uh, text it to a friend, whatever you want to do. So whatever app you're using, just send a send a text or a message to somebody and say, hey, this is a podcast I found that I really like. That's the huge, the the hugest. I was gonna say hugest. That's not a word. Sorry, mom. Uh, the that's a it's the biggest compliment you can give us is to just share the show, and I would appreciate if you do that. All right, back to our conversation. Our guest today, he's a consultant for online ministries, and he is uh, the author of a book called Planting Your Purpose, a 20-day guide to discovering God's calling. He does a bunch of other stuff. I'm sure he's gonna tell us all about it. Our guest is Alec Casson. Alec, welcome to Halfway There. Yeah, Eric, thank you so much for having me here. I, I really am honored. I was super excited to get your Facebook message. And I was like, whoa, Eric's reaching out. What's like, what's well, happening? Yeah, awesome. Well, you're in uh, in Christian Podcasters Association as well. So you're a podcaster too, right? So uh, tell me, I give that kind of broad, you know, broad uh, brush about you. Tell me more about kind of you and where God has you right now. Yeah, so right now, um, I mean, God's definitely, definitely stretching me. He's definitely pushing me to step outside my comfort zone a little bit. I think this is definitely like a period of time where I feel like God is really trying to test my discernment and ability to pause and listen to him Mm. and not overwhelm myself with more stuff. You know, it's the new year. We got 50 things that we want on our new year's resolution list. And he's like, you got to focus on just a couple things. You can't be doing all these things. So that's pretty much where I feel like God has me at right right now. Yeah, so a season of discernment. That that learning to listen, I, I heard you say that, is such a powerful uh, moment, I think, in the spiritual journey. Like we're not really taught to do that, particularly in prayer. I don't know, maybe your circles, we'll get into that. But uh, is that something that you're, you've learned to do recently or something that you're kind of kind of were raised to and taught to do? More so like when I was in college, beginning to learn more about that a bit, like that ability to kind of like pause and listen. And mm. uh, last week, my fiance was telling me, she was just like, wow, I, f- I totally forgot about this story in the Bible, the thing where it's like the, that prophet guy is trying to like listen to God and there's like a thunderstorm and then there's fire and there's an earthquake, but God wasn't in any of that. He was in the quietness. He was in, he was in like a whisper. And I was like, I was like, I feel like, God's trying to tell me something through what you just said right there. And, and uh, but yeah, it's like practice. It's one of those things where it's like having to be reminded of it. I know. I think that might be one of the quintessential and most important 
stories. That's obviously Elijah on the mountain. And um, when, when he's like waiting for God and that whole thing, you know, it's so easy to be flashy and to be, you know, like do the social media thing and do all the stuff and the great design or whatever. And that's good. But sometimes God's not in those things, right? He's in, it's okay. I'm I obviously social for my show and all those things, but sometimes he's just in the quiet. And it's one thing um, I always pray before our guests, my guests wouldn't know this, but I always pray before we talk. And one thing I always, always pray is, uh, you know, you, God will do our part, but you do your part, right? We have to entrust all that to him um, because there's only so much we can do. That's interesting. Okay, so let's go back into your story. Where where, where are you now? Where do you, What part of the world do you live in? Uh, right now, my fiance and I just moved to Arizona. Um, oh, yeah. Literally like a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks ago. Prior to that, we were living in Philadelphia, and then prior to that, we were both living in upstate New York in, uh, in, at, at Syracuse. Gotcha. Is that where you're from? No, I'm, I'm originally from uh, New Jersey. From Jersey. And, uh, All right. Yeah, Jersey. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I originally grew up in Jersey. and uh, Yeah, okay. So you went to school up there. So tell me, uh, what was it like? Was it, did you grow up in a Christian family? Yeah, so it was pretty much like the way I, I would... I typically describe to people how it was growing up. It was just a thing where it was, you know, the sky is blue, gravity holds us to the earth and God exists. It was just like, there was a no, like, I don't know. It wasn't, it, it just seemed like, it's just the truth. You know, there's a God. And uh, we go to church on Sundays when we could. Uh, we would always go during the holidays. You got to be there Easter. You got to be there Christmas. Um, but for a while, I wasn't like taking my relationship with God super seriously. I had a few moments uh, throughout, like towards the end of my, of, towards the end of middle school, when I went on my first mission trip and I began to really see, I'm like, wow, God is not a guy talking on stage on Sunday. Like there's, there's way more to this and you can experience them outside of just Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon. Sometimes they'd have the afternoon service, but no, it's like, this is like a, a perpetual thing. And. Well, wait, I was go like, into I, that story. Cause I want to hear, I want to hear the specifics. Like how did that, so you go in this middle, that was, you say middle school. Yeah. Okay. A, a mission script. Yeah. Which, which totally makes sense. Uh, and you have this kind of understanding about, Oh, there's more to God than just like what happens on Sunday. So, like, what made you think that? Where did that come from? Where did that thought come from? Well, I know, like, at the time, so, like, when I was in middle school, um, I'm trying to, like, quickly do the math in my head, but I know at the time, things with, like, technology and Wi-Fi and, like, video game consoles, cell phones even, like, they were start, like, the iPhone wasn't a thing, really. I think it was starting to be a thing, but it was only people that could really, really wealthy people could afford it. And I did happen to have a cell phone and I was, I was really glued to these like devices. I loved playing my Nintendo, you know, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, Game Boy SP. And it was a way for me to like be focused on things. And then when I went on this mission trip, the number one rule, you couldn't have a phone. You couldn't have a Game Boy or anything like that. But I still brought my phone and stuff anyway. Cause I was, I found like comfort in those things. Um, and then eventually, like, I got caught with the phone, and I had to be just more present, like, interacting with people. 
And we got into having like discussions about different biblical stories and just having time to like disconnect from everything, especially like I was getting, you know, I was in my last year of being in middle school, getting ready to go to high school is a huge transition. And I didn't have to worry about that for a week. You know, all I had to do was just be present and work on building things, which I love. I loved working with my hands and stuff. And then just, we got to explore some like interesting and like deep concepts. And it was just as it, it felt like as I got to like explore those things, almost like I was beginning to uh, like, you know, when you like wake up and you get that good morning stretch and you're like, Oh man, that was good. It's because you, you didn't move your muscles for a while. And that's what it was feeling like. I'm like, I'm something is moving that hasn't moved in a while. And it was yeah, getting to talk about God with other people and see like how he's working in all of our lives. And I was, I started to be, I was hooked after that, but by no means was my journey mm. and my relationship with God consistent after that. It was basically like, I would always just only look forward to the mission trips. And uh, yeah, yeah, so that was, that was, that's uh, that was the, the middle school experience. Well, I think that's, so that's what I'm after. Cause I want to hear some of those experiences because I don't think you're alone, right? I, I know that uh, for many of us as kids, like those kinds of trips become kind of this, this high, right? For, for me, it was like the, uh, the winter retreat and then summer camp, yeah. right? Like there were those, those were the two times, right? Where we would go and there would be pretty, it'd be pretty great. You feel close to God. And then the in between, you might read your Bible for a few weeks right, <laughs> right yeah. afterwards. And then you'd be like, all right, well, my Nintendo is, and I had the original NES, oh, by the nice. way, that's how old yeah. I am. But the, the <laughs> bought at the store, Duck Hunt yeah. and uh, <laughs> Super Mario Brothers. Classic. Oh, I'm old, but yeah. Uh, but so anyway, but that whole, but that, that whole thing, right. That's pretty, it's pretty normal. And it's also, I think developmentally normal, right. I think that's okay. So, so tell me about like, was there, so as you were growing, maybe in high school or college, I don't know, did you have like mentors or were there other inflection points where you, that you look back now and go, oh, that was, that was where, uh, God really got a hold of me or God like really broke into my life? Hmm. Well, I remember on one mission trip specifically, we were doing this kind of like exercise, like a written exercise thing. I forgot exactly like how how it went, but it was basically just like trying to get everyone to like realize that the things that they view as important shouldn't be seen as more important than God. And it started with like a general thing of like, oh, what's your favorite activities to do? We're writing it down. What are your favorite this, favorite that? And I'm like writing things down. And then uh, as we're going through this exercise of like, like, okay, so if like, I forgot the exact questions, but there would be these questions that would be asked. And then you would progressively cross the things off the list like like would you deny your faith uh for jesus for the second thing that you wrote and i don't know let's say the second thing i wrote was video games i'd be like no nah, that's ridiculous so i'd cross it off and eventually got towards the bottom of the list everything's crossed off except for one thing and uh it said family and then the person asked the last question of whatever it was and i was just like how do i cross that off and I was so like stuck mm. and I, and I feel like it's funny looking back um, 
after having led, after having been a leader on some mission trips myself, um, I can look back on this moment and kind of laugh at it. But when I was on the mission trip, I went up to one of the leaders and I asked them, I was like, the last thing on here is family. And how do I, I have to give that up? And the, the leader was just like, his eyes were wide. He's like, you're going to have to talk to the pastor about that. <laughs> like he had no clue. <laughs> but <laughs> And now I can see, I'm like, if a middle schooler came up to me with that, I mean, like we have a long conversation exploring that. But I was like, I, he was not expecting that. He went because his son was going and he didn't want his son to feel alone on the mission trip. But anyway, it was like, that began like kind of like a realization. That was another one of those like experience moments where I began to like explore, like, like as human beings, we aren't all perfect. And that began to give me slight awareness that like, you know, my family's not perfect either. And there are going to be moments where it's like, if it goes against the family norm or if everyone's giving me the look or whatever, but in my heart, I feel like God is leading me towards a certain thing. It's like, I got to be willing to, you know, lean into that. Well, right. So what's really interesting to me about that story, I mean, there's lots of, lots of interesting aspects, but one thing I was thinking about while you're talking there is the whole idea of um, like, that's, a, that's, you know, that exercise is kind of a black and white exercise, right? Like, I mean, it's not, not really in life. Seldom is actually that clear. It's just a, a tool to kind of help you go, okay, where, where does God rate in my life? And to kind of, you know, re reevaluate your priorities. Um, and I think too, they were expecting the kids to, or the students to like write things like video games and pizza. Yeah. Right. 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 And I'm I think I was the only person to put my family like in. And so it made it a little tough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but that's, so yeah, that's what they were doing, but that's, it is probably again, developmentally appropriate, right. At that age when people are kind of think black and white, um, which is interesting. So, okay. So where did you, where'd that end up taking you? Where'd you go next? Um, well, pretty much after that point, it was a lot of, like, it was, as I was having these moments of going on these mission trips. Now at this point, it's kind of like, I'm in high school now. I'm going on these mission trips in during the summer. And that was like a, there was no, no negotiation. I am going on these trips. There's nothing that you can do to tell me otherwise. And even when people who I had made friends with uh, from middle school and high school on the mission trips, whenever they'd say like, oh, I can't go, it's my grandma's birthday. I'd be like, tell Nanny, you'll see her next week. You got to go on these trips. These are, I'm like, trust me. It's like, these things are amazing. And, um, and yeah, so I kept doing that. But then as you had kind of like mentioned earlier, it's like, you know, you get back, you're reading your Bible for a week, you're amped. And then you get back into the regular swing of life. So I had almost this like, like two personality type of thing where it's like, here, here's Alec, the guy on the mission trips, attending church sometimes on Sundays. And then also here's other Alec where he's in high school and having fun with his buddies, you know, going out, trying to buy weed and whatever, and just trying to get good grades, Yeah, <laughs> smoking weed and trying to get good grades. That was basically, that was a good, good portion of the, uh, of the years there. I'm not doing that anymore. 
Um, I mean, if I was in school, I'd still keep getting good grades, but I meant I'm not like doing the, the weed yeah, yeah. smoking thing, but, <laughs> but, um, yeah. And then I was still doing the mission trips, still having an awesome time, but it wasn't, nothing was like, it wasn't like staying, you know? And then it wasn't until I had gone off to college where I was like now really on my own that I had just more of like a thirst for like being in like a real like christ-centered community and because there was no church to go to i had no connections out there and uh it was like the entire first year it was like i was definitely reading a lot more of my bible um i was listening to sermons and like a whole lot and then it was just something that was like drawing me towards like you gotta find like a church man you gotta find someone to get like some place to get plugged into but I had this moment where one of my classes got canceled and I needed to go print something out. And I'm like still brand new to the campus. I'm like walking in this random area I've never been. And I was like thinking in my head, I was like, man, I got to print out this next assignment. And I kind of, it was funny, but I was thinking, I was like, I'm going to shoot up a prayer to God. I'll be like, God, yeah, I don't know where to go to get this paper printed. It was just like the goofiest thing. But then it just felt like super clear instructions of like, oh, you see that building there? That built like the building that I've never been into that's totally has no nothing written on it, nothing to indicate that it's even part of the campus. It's like, you see that building? Yeah, if you go in there, try to go downstairs into the basement area, back left computer cluster, you'll be able to print it. And it's like it felt like my own thought that kind of came out from the back of my head, mm. but it was so specific. And I was just like, I was like, I got an hour to kill. Why not? Let me let me try it. I go in and like most of the time, none of these buildings have basements anyway, but I look at the thing and it says basement. I'm like, Oh wow, that's weird. So I'm going down the basement. And then I was like, oh, I wonder if it's the right or the left. And it's like, I'm gonna try the back left. Like I had thought earlier. And then there it was computer cluster. And there's no one in there. It was like, well, there was one person in there, but it was like just all these computers. I was like, this is perfect timing. So I go in and I sit down, I'm going on the computer logging in and then all i hear is like this faint voice of like excuse i'm sorry excuse me are you are you busy right now and i turn around it's like the one only other person i was in there and she was like this is really weird but like are you a christian i was like yeah she's like this is so weird i just felt like god wanted me to come to you to um basically invite you to this church that i started going to and i was like oh really yeah. So she gave me this, like the little business, like they had these business cards that give out at the end of service and had the information on there and stuff. And I was like, Oh, that's so weird. And um, yeah, then I started going to this church on Sunday, but even then it wasn't consistent. It was maybe every other week. Like my first, my freshman year, I probably went there three times. And then my sophomore year, I got a little bit more involved. I started making some friends and I went there more consistently. And then next thing, like next thing I knew, um, eventually I was getting super involved in that church and I was like, yeah, I want to be baptized in this church. And it's like, I know, I think I was baptized as a baby, but it was like, I wanted to take ownership of taking this next leap of, of this next step in my like, walk with Christ and got baptized there. And the thing that's crazy is when I tell other people this story in that church, I describe this girl. I tell everyone about that. They have, they've never met this girl. They have no clue who she <laughs> is. Nothing. I'm like, are you see the, the girl with the dreads that went down to like her waist? Short, long dreads. You've never African American. You've never seen. They're like, I have no clue who you're talking about. I'm like, dude, 
She said she wouldn't hear like all this craziest thing. Um, but yeah, that was like the wildest story. That's like that was like a, a moment that stuck for me for the longest time. And uh, it really like put me on, it was just like a subtle, like one degree difference in the trajectory mm. and the things that I was doing. And down the road, it's just, I'm in a totally different place than I would have been if that, if that didn't happen. Yeah. Right. Well, it's that old thing about steering ships, you know, you got to get the rudder right. Cause just a one, yeah. one degree is gonna, is gonna make a big difference later on. Um, very fascinating. So was that the first time that you, cause I'm, I'm, I'm just going to assume that that was God speaking to you because he had you in a place that you, that he wanted you to go and who knows about, you know, the, the girl, I don't know. Um, yeah, but, she, she was a real person. I don't think someone was like, dude, I think she was an angel, man. I'm like, I, I'm, I think she just probably went twice and then stopped going. And nobody noticed. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, poor girl. There's a whole nother commentary there, but <laughs> yeah. so, but, but yeah, was, was that my, so my question is, was that the first time that God had spoken to you like that? Or was that, and is that more of a common occurrence for you? Um, I, I wouldn't say it's the first time I feel like, like there was one other moment that sticks out pre- pretty vividly only because of like the severity of the event. Uh, but there was a time where I had gotten out of gotten back from a mission trip, of course, feeling super amped, feeling super connected with God and uh, just had a feeling. It was like, hit up Joey. And I'm like, I knew the specific Joey that came to mind. It was before the mission trip. It was to invite this guy, Joey, to this mission trip. It was the week prior. They had some kid had backed out. Uh, it was just an open spot. Anyone could fill this spot. And then someone came, ask Joey, ask Joey to go. And I was like, nah, I don't really know Joey like that. I mean, I hang out with him sometimes, but we're not like close, close friends. We're acquaintances. And uh, nah, it's weird. I'm not going to do that. And then I find out when I come back from the mission trip, while I was gone, he got arrested for doing some reckless stuff. And that's how I know, because we would be doing reckless things together. <laughs> okay. And uh, yeah, and I was just like, holy cow. Like, I don't know. It was just like, it was a similar type of like feeling of how the thought kind of came to mind of like, I guess, like how God was kind of like speaking through me in that moment. And I didn't even like try to act on it. And it was just like, thinking like, man, I wonder how like different things could have been for him if he did go on that experience. And maybe he would have said yes, maybe he would have said no, but um, that's like the only other time I could really think of vividly like that. But I know like other moments where I feel like I'm kind of like in flow with God, so to speak. It's, uh, It's kind of just like an allowance of letting inspiration come. Yeah. Basically, you know, it's like, doesn't feel like a conscious effort of trying to like come up with a thought or an idea, but it's like an allowance of like, okay, like if there's something that needs to be said or like brought to my attention, uh, do so. And it, and it, it's kind of like this, uh, confident third party type of feeling, you yeah. know, it's like, it's from, it's like, yeah, I don't want to get too deep into Well, it's what's really interesting it, is but, it can be a little bit ethereal, Right. And so it's difficult to describe sometimes. And yet I'm, I'm really fascinated by the fact that not just 
in church history, but also in scripture, people seem to have these kinds of experiences uh, with God. And so I like to hear those. And so, and I, I love that you shared kind of two different ones that, you know, where one you listened and one you maybe didn't. And you were like, oh, okay, I wonder what, what would have happened there. Um, I think, I think that's just part of learning, right? That's part of, part of learning the, you know, there is no, if God wants, wants Joey to go on the mission trip, God can take care of it with or without you. Right. Like, so he'll yeah. put Joey where he wants him. Um, but we also have a responsibility to obey. I think you, it sounds like you kind of learned, learned some of that there, uh, in that process. Fascinating. Okay. So, um, tell, tell me more about like, as you were kind of growing in, and I was call this like learning the way of Jesus. And you're, you're learning that you're in college, you're in school, you're going to, um, you know, go to this church and maybe it's after like, are, are there any other points or maybe significant mentors or books that really meant a lot to you or those kinds of things that really helped you kind of, kind of grow on down the road there? So the, there was a, like the church I went to, um, it was like the vineyard church, you know, they got multiple, one church, multiple locations. I think that's kind of like how the slogan goes. Um, and one of the site pastors there, him and I had became, uh, friends at the time. And yeah, he would, he was definitely like, in terms of like spiritual mentor, um, someone that I kind of like looked, looked at in that way, but not so much the type of person where he's like, I've been down this road many times and you can, but it's more of, he's like, he's like, listen, I've gone down some like different paths before. And it just seemed like a thing where it's like, you know, we're both in the same forest at the same time. And while we were both on this journey together, we just both happened to be kind of like on the same path. And, uh, he's like, I feel like one of the things that, and his name is Chris, uh, Chris Honus. And one of the things that he had instilled in me that had stuck for so long is this, uh, it was this period of time where I was, I was like working two jobs. I was trying to start a club at the university. I was trying to start, um, an app and my schedule was full and I was doing an internship. I was doing all this stuff. And then I asked him, how can I be more involved in the church? And he's like, dude, you know, you're doing like, and this is, this is the part that stuck. He's like, you know, all these things sound good. I just don't think they're necessarily necessary. <laughs> I was like, yo, you're right. Cause I was just trying to like, I don't know why I was just like really trying to fill my schedule with just so many things. I just wanted to do more, do more, do more. And just the, it's not necessarily necessary part, just like something about it had just like rung a bell. Yeah. And from that point on, it's been things of like trying to be more aware. Cause like I did get to a point at school where I was working so hard that it was like, my body was like physically falling apart. Like, cause like, so I hadn't gone to school for health and exercise science. And when people say like, you can only have so much stress on the body. It's true. Like there's stress in terms of like, like physical stress. Like if you were to carry a heavy weight on your back, you know, it's putting physical stress on your body, but then there's things where it's like emotional and mental stress, where if it's something on your mind, you're feeling stressed about like stress is stress, whether it's like 
physically you're stressing yourself out through like physical physical exertion or you're mentally stressed. Yep. I it's kind of like this gauge in your body and it can only be filled so much. So I'm trying to exercise to like like to not be stressed out. I'm doing all this work in order to feel productive so I don't feel stressed out and this tank was just being filled with all this stress and yeah my body was just like breaking down. It was like terrible and then he's like I just don't think it's necessarily necessary. And I was like, Oh, it's like a weight <laughs> being lifted. Yeah. Um, okay. So I want to talk about why you did that because I'm get I'm guessing. And if this is not true, then you tell me, but I'm sort of reading between the lines here. You're a bit of an achiever, right? Like you're, you're a doer. You're a guy who like goes, goes and does yeah. the thing, right? <laughs> were, were you, were you trying to maybe achieve? I see this sometimes trying to achieve your, not necessarily your relationship with God, but like working out your, you know, this is what you do. You get, get busy and get involved in church. Like, is that, is that what was going on there? I think that like, I'm happy you asked. Cause like, it's, I haven't like taken too much time to like really think about that season of my life. Like my, the first thing I was going to say is just like my dad, he's the type of person where it doesn't matter if he's got to work 14, 15 at, he's, he's going to put in the work. He's going to do the work. He's going to work until he's physically exhausted. And then he's going to go to sleep. And then if he's got to wake up early, he'll do it. And then he'll get back to, yeah, yeah. he'll get back to work. He's a hardworking guy. And it kind of came from a period of time where like, if you wanted to do well and succeed, you got to work harder. But now things like you don't necessarily have to work harder nowadays to go further. You got to kind of work smarter type of thing. But I think that was part of the equation. And then the other part was that as I was getting closer to like graduating and I had alluded to, you know, saying I was studying health and exercise science, I was getting closer to graduating. I didn't want to graduate doing the things that I originally intended to do. I wanted to go to be a physical therapist. And as I'm in school, I'm getting closer to graduating and I'm doing the internships and the shadowing programs. I'm like, Oh, it's not for me. I'm not liking it. And like, I was good at it. I just, but it was just not, I was not liking it. So I'm trained. It's like, I have this thing that's happening where it's like my identity is shifting from who I am as a college student to then who I am spiritually and who I am vocationally. And as this one identity is kind of going away, I guess I was trying to like better understand who I was I just tried to do a lot more like like I just I like my mind was in a state was in a frame of mind where I was like all right what do I got to do what do I got to do what do I got to do and I just kind of was like frantically trying to like and I think I think this is like a saying where it's like you know you're trying to I was trying to feel fulfilled by filling my schedule so to speak and I know that uh that was something that like didn't get resolved immediately. It took a lot of years to understand. I love the way you said it. You you know, uh, trying to feel fulfilled by filling your schedule, right? Because that's apparently what has been modeled to you. It's very American to do that, right? It can be a little tough when you apply that to our spiritual journey, right? It doesn't actually work that way. We can't, we want to make progress in that, you know, by working hard, you need to show up, but you, it's actually God who does the work, right? That's, that's the partnership that is 
that is part of it. But then it sounds like, you know, as you had to start, you kind of went through this rough period, um, you know, very, I don't know what generation you are, if you're like Gen Z or what, or maybe that's, I don't know if that's too. I think it's more. Are you a millennial? So like, but. Yeah, 94 is the. Okay, I graduated high school in '95, but okay. So, the the uh, <laughs> but it's a very millennial kind of a kind of a story, right? Having to move back to your to your parents and go through that kind of rough time. But it's in it's in having to stop doing some things that you found the thing that God wanted you to do, right? And found found sounds like some some purpose. So, would you call? I'm, I'm going to ask it this way because I I always like to ask this question about. You know, it's in the it's in the tough times. Whether you call it a dark night of the soul or the spiritual desert, Christians throughout the millennia have called it different things. But in that tough season, would you call that kind of a kind of a time when God felt either far away or difficult, whatever? It could be lots of things. Um, and was that a season when God maybe took away some things and showed you other things about who you are? Yeah, there was definitely lots of moments of things being stripped away and my views being challenged with things. Um, but there was also like high moments as well. Like, I think a lot of people think that like when we like, I mean, there certainly are seasons where it feels like you're is like you're, you're the Hebrew people going through the desert, but even when they were in the desert, they still got the manna. They still had the birds falling from the sky. They still saw miracles. Um, but it was, it was really feeling much like a like a like a trust but still walk type right. of thing. Well, you know, it's like I would get glimpses of things where it's like I really felt like God was pointing me in one way, and I'd be like, "All right, I'm going all in with that," and then it would be like, "Not here, go there," and I'm like, mm. "But you wanted me here." And he's like, I'm, I'm saying go there. And I'm like, but what happened about here? And he's like, listen, go there now. And I'm like, duh, 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 duh. I thought I had to stay here. And it's like, no, that's not the, and it's crazy that I mentioned that now. Cause there was even that, uh, oh, you might, you may recall the name of the, I think he was a prophet, but it was like the, the story that you're talking about is Elijah again. Yeah. Yeah. What I love about that story and this may be where you're going is God is so kind to him. Like Elijah is exhausted. He is, that is absolutely a dark night of the soul. He is like feeling alone, feeling like he's the only one. And he gives these complaints to God and God is so kind. And he says, well, you're not alone because I'm going to give you Elijah and or Elisha and I still have this job for you. And and here's some food, take a nap, right? All, all those things. God, God really is, is tender to him. So, okay. So did God meet you in that? Is that what you're saying? Or is that, I, I sort of making an assumption there. I didn't see it at the time, but all of these different things was, it was, they were basically like, like preparing me, equipping me for the next thing. So the whole thing of going to school for health and exercise science, I'm getting close to graduating. And I'm just like, I'm like, God, did I do the wrong thing here? Did, was my discernment wrong all that time? And like, I don't know, I wasn't getting any clear answers. And then it was just like, okay, well, I really feel like God's leading me towards doing like a YouTube channel, Christian YouTube channel. I'm going all in for that. And it's like not bearing any fruit. And then it's like, I'm like, God, is this like, 
did I discern wrong again? And then it's like on to the next thing and then the next thing. But then it's like all the skills, all the things that were learned during those moments carry over to the next to better equip you for the next thing. So like, it's like that saying, it's like, not all things are good, but God does use all things for good. So it's like, there's moments that suck. They do. Mm. That is not, you know, there's certain moments where it's like objectively, like there's no debate. That's not cool. That sucks. But it's like, God can use those moments for something good. And I almost like imagine like Joseph having a similar thing where it's like, he's like, I'm learning all this stuff from my dad and I got this robe and, da, 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 and this, and, but now I'm a slave. And no matter what I say, no one's going to believe me. And it doesn't matter that I'm smart or this or that, because all I got to do is just use my hands to clean the floor. Yeah. But then it's like, that's not the case. He's able to use those skills. And then it's like, well, it's tough to go. It's tough to go through those. And they absolutely, the Lord does use them. I, that's why I love John of the Cross. I've been doing a lot of thinking about him and his, his work. A lot of evangelicals don't know anything about John of the Cross, but he wrote a book called the dark night of the soul where he, where he talks about this and kind of what God does in it. And as a like spiritual directors are really familiar with it because it's a pretty common experience for God's people. So um, I love it. Uh, Alec, that's really great. Lots of, lots of uh, interesting aspects of your story here. You mentioned your book, planting your yeah. purpose, right? Um, tell, so tell us like where you're like, you tell us kind of where you got where that came up about, but tell us kind of what people get if they, yeah, so if they go get it. Like, so as I was saying, like planting your purpose, it was kind of like birthed out of this experience of just wanting to like, know, like, who is it that God's like calling me to be? And the book is not necessarily about, it's not really about that experience. I was writing it during the time it was happening. So like, I can't talk about it happening while it's, ha I didn't know. So it's like, it's really, it's really like a 20 day practical guide, uh, like a daily devotional, where as you're going through it, it's helping to highlight things in, in one's life and challenge some perspectives, but it's all based on like biblical teachings, um, different wisdom that's found in the Bible, and also some pretty cool like stuff outside of it as well. Like, because I've got the health and exercise science background, you know, there's things related to biology and psychology, things like that. Um, nothing like create, not like woo -foo -foo things, but um, like case studies of things. Yeah. I love it. Okay. And of course we have to mention your podcast, digital ministry mastermind as well, right? You're, you're doing that. What do you, what do you share on there? Yeah. So the, the podcast, it's really me sharing just like a lot of these cool tips and tricks and things that I'm learning as I'm growing my own online ministry with people. It's, it's meant to be me almost like documenting my journey, providing the things that I'm learning to help other people learn and grow as well. I love it. That sounds good. Okay. It's digital ministry mastermind guys. You can get that. You're in the podcast app. You can get it right there. Go look it up. Alec, I really appreciate you being here and just sharing a little bit of your story. Guys, at halfwaytherepodcast.com, I have in the show notes, uh, Planting Your Purpose and Alex YouTube and podcast. Alec, is there anything you want to leave us with? A lot of the times in this journey, it's not going to be these like romanticized moments. And God is able to 
interact in your life in a way that's unique to you, that's going to resonate with you. And when we take those, that time to like kind of be quiet and be still, we're able to better pick up on it. So like in the community, you got to talk to people, you know, two or more gathered in Jesus' name. It's like, he's there, you're feeling him. So, and, and I know the Eric, the group that you're hosting, uh, that you, the group that you lead, it's definitely, you know, there's some great stuff going on in there. So if you're looking to connect into a community, I highly recommend checking that out. Wow. Thanks, Alec. I appreciate that. Hey, thanks for being here. I, I appreciate you sharing your story. Yeah, Eric, it's been a fantastic time. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Mm-hmm.